Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Mm-hmm. What's up, everybody? Well, <laughs> I was going to say I'm Ellie and you were going to say I'm Michaela. OK, I was just singing. So you go. Okay. <laughs> no, and we'll get better went, at this. No, no, I went. Well, I thought you. <laughs> I thought you were saying hi. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's how we're going to start. Hi. <laughs> that would actually be a really funny way to open the podcast where everyone's like, hey, guys, welcome back. And we're, we're just like, like, hi. <laughs> okay, okay let's get serious. <clears throat> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Late Night Drive. Actually, our very first kind of special, fun, funky, new, fresh episode of Late Night Drive. My name is mm. Ellie. I'm Michaela. And uh, welcome. Welcome back to Late Night Drive. We hope you enjoy the drive. Ba-dum-bum. Yeah. And um, <laughs> welcome to our um, to the back seat. I hope you have your snacks and your, you know, mm-hmm. maps. I don't really know what. Maybe a pillow. Yeah, we're... T- We'll we'll provide the fun though. We'll provide the destination, <laughs> the stops, the mm-hmm. sights, the music. So you just have to be comfy. You just sit really. back, relax, and <laughs> enjoy the show. <laughs> yeah. So today we're talking about something that we have been planning for like a month now. Mm. I think Ellie Ellie got a DM about it, um, which sparked the conversation, and it is. BDSM, not just Ooh, SM, but all of them. The B, the, the B's, B's, and the D's, and the S's <laughs> and the M's. Yeah, we're talking about BDSM today, um, which uh, I think is actually kind of funny, just because like the two almost somewhat least qualified people to like be having this conversation is maybe us. Like it, it really could be us. Okay, well, I will say we're going to also be talking about just like the history, the classifications of it, how's it shown up in different cultures and been defined and how's it been psychologically mm, explained like by different theorists. implications and totally. so we're not necessarily going to be sitting here being like, and here's how you do it because we right, don't no, know. 
It's not going to be a how-to. That's one Certainly thing, not. that's for sure. And, like, to be clear, <laughs> to be very fucking clear, don't listen to us if we say anything about how-to, unless it has been, like, said, like, I read this somewhere, and it's not coming from right. my brain. Because BDSM, by the way, is something that involves a lot of trust and intimacy and should be something not entered into necessarily lightly. It should be a conversation that you are having with your partner or partners before doing it, um, because otherwise things can get sad. Yeah, they get real sad. Real sad, real quick. And just <laughs> real sad, real quick. <laughs> if I may, in fact, tell a story about how sad they can get real quick. <laughs> do you? Would you like also, to? I'll share the story. So I wanted to do a little field research, <laughs> which is really just for the podcast. And you went out bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, <laughs> ready to take it on. You really did. You had high dreams, high hopes, high expectations. I did, because I really wanted to contribute to this podcast and oh ellie thank you yeah it wasn't about sort of my enjoyment at all no totally totally totally, totally, i almost did it too (laughs) yes that (laughs) sounds correct so i you know i have been sort of sleeping with somebody as many of you know we refer to him as hot tub man um and you know we'd had a small conversation about perhaps trying some stuff um I don't really want to get into I did actually get into very detailed on Twitch what exactly we did. Um, but I, totally. I that's different. You don't have to. It's a different <laughs> it's just a different thing. Um, but yeah, basically we tried some stuff. Okay. That was more mm-hmm. BDSM style. But then, as y'all know, he's a fucking sociopath. Totally. He is he's just like a nice human being. Like, no offense to him. Nice guy. Full offense to him from my <laughs> point of view. My POV, bad. No, he's a nice boy. He's just like not human. So he is that meaner than saying like he's a dick? No, I mean, it's probably accurate. It so I, I, nice guy. I don't yeah. dislike him. He's just unwell. So um, I like went to pee because you should always pee after having sex so you don't get UTIs. Um, Speak it, queen. Yeah. And then I came back and he basically was like, and this is, by the way, about, I want to say six minutes total after we had finished like a very sort of like intense situation together. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm going to take a nap. And I said, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, You're I like, was okay, very bye. much sort of not invited. I guess I'll leave. Right? And I just <laughs> left. Like, I just left. I just kind of put my clothes on and I I left. Oh, my God. And I walked my home. My POV... My POV is I got a text from you just like, I'm walking home crying. (laughs) (laughs) And I just didn't expect that because like I've like left after having sex with somebody before and it has not affected me like that. But because it was so like intense and there's this aspect of like trust and like also of like, I mean, it's BDSM. There's going to be an aspect of like degradation or like feeling out of control in some sort of way. So like aftercare Mm -hmm. is very important. Like that moment where you guys just like... I don't know, cuddle or something. And we just like did not do that. And it's not because he's like a monster. He literally probably just didn't even realize that that is a thing that human beings need, uh, like sort of platonic physical touch. Yeah. Um, and well, even if he did do aftercare, you also still might have not felt great after if it wasn't in a relationship with someone that you like had really trusting feelings for like i think sometimes yeah. people need both of those things totally um but i was like surprised and i literally just like i walked all the way back to my apartment like 20 minutes and i just i just, I just cried and i like I, it's almost it's like not funny it was it's not it's funny now 
at the time it was like very upsetting um but yeah, yeah. That's, this is why if you're gonna be doing things that are more intense like this make sure there's like communication about it make sure you're like taking care of your mental health as well as your physical health and like I don't know, because that that was tough. I was like, I don't want to be crying right now. I'm crying. What am I crying about? Yeah, I think something that's interesting that you said about it was like you did enjoy it in the moment, Mm -hmm. but that didn't necessarily translate to like feeling good after. And I think that's important for a lot of people to keep in mind if they're going to try something like this. Don't just think about like, oh, that was fun. Like I sexually enjoyed that while we were doing it. Also think like, oh, is this but regarding my mental health? Am I going to cry? Maybe it's not, and that's totally this? fine. <laughs> I just was really surprised because like I was like, whoa, I don't have like because it's not like an emotional connection that I have with this person, you know, so. I was just surprised by mm-hmm. how much like it had affected me emotionally. But, you know, lesson learned. We'll not be doing that totally. again. Well, and we'll intent we'll attempt to interrogate that later on. We can talk about that Is later. <laughs> I guess we kind of accidentally there- dove right into that. But was there anything we wanted to talk about from the weekend, a weekend update? Yes, I got scouted at Trader Joe's. You did. <laughs> you had your Tyra Banks at the mall moment. Guys, I pulled up to Trader Joe's um, in my glasses, fresh out the shower. (laughs) The man next to me is like frantically gesturing at the window. I'm like, oh, he's going to let me know about a flat tire. He's going to let me know a light is out, whatever. I roll down my window. He goes, is that your real hair color? I go, it's not. I get highlights. He goes, oh, well, I work for Captain Marvel and I need to show them your hair color. We could get you on set. He definitely like had a hair kink or something. Like, he wanted to take a picture of, like, your hair wrapped around his hand or something so we could jerk off it to was it. The- okay, well, I didn't know that's a thing, but also it was the funniest transition to be like, is your hair color real? No. Well, I work on Captain Marvel. <laughs> oh, it's not real. Well, then I have the job for you. If it was real, fuck you. And he made me follow him on Instagram, which I promptly unfollowed him as soon as I got home. Yes, but, but his account had like we did 300,000 followers, but like 100 likes on each post, like one of those kinds of accounts. Yes. And he had like all of these selfies of him with famous people. <laughs> and I don't know if they were photoshopped. But yeah, shout out to him. Um, as I was boost, running a, you know, for the week. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I think it might have also just been some kind of like scam of like, mm. I don't know. Well, it was, yeah, it was a beautiful moment, and I'm thankful, of course, for the attention and the recognition. Of course. I mean, who wouldn't oh be of that random man at the Trader Joe's parking lot? We yeah. all have to start somewhere, um, you know? You launched your candle company in the time we've been away. I did do that. That is that is true. And it's goddamn near sold out. Actually, one of the candles is sold out. The other one, I think, has Ooh, like I have one of them burning left, right now. Really? No, I yeah, like, and I have to say, I can burn it all day, and it hardly makes a dent. I know that's what I love about these candles; they last forever. They're like so good, and they burn nicely, and they burn yeah. evenly, and they smell nice. And I'm really proud of myself, and I'm really proud and happy about the way the launch went, and how many people bought them, and like are enjoying them. Because more than anything, I made them with love. <laughs> I, I did. Yeah. I did. Like you put your whole LOC into that. I did really put my whole LLC into it. No, L-O-C. Oh. Ellie Pussy. <laughs> I think we're talking a little bit too much about Ellie Pussy on this episode. If I'm being honest. Oh, I do have did one more thing. Did you I said LLC? Yeah, I was like... Like limited life? Because I was like, I did put my LLC into it. You're right. I don't know what that has to do with anything. 
<laughs> Speaking of LESC, um, yep. I- <laughs> Trials and tribulations. <laughs> so I have of LOC. Bro, I really had like a tough week last week. Like, <laughs> I just had like a tough week vaginally. Like, yeah. and I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry to get graphic no, with did. it, but like, I just no, she did. I had a yeast infection from fucking hot tub man, which like I feel like we all sort of saw coming. Like at a certain point, right? Just based on the hot tub right, of it you all. Name someone hot yeah. tub man. <laughs> Stay tuned for a yeast infection. That did happen and it was from hell and I had a friend in town and I couldn't like do anything about it. I got to a point where I was so desperate. I was using like expired monostat. I was like, I don't care. Like something has to, something has to work. Like I don't care what it is. Um, I had it. <laughs> I had an incident, another incident that we don't have to talk about. The urethra incident and, of 2023. And we, <laughs> and we will never. The details of which will never come to light. We're never talking about that. Um, and there, wasn't there something else? There was something else. Yeah, there was a third one. What was it? You, what was the third oh, one? The, spi- the spice incident. Oh! I- <laughs> so I went on. Oh, since we've been away, I've gone on two dates with um, an Australian man. I did not imitate his accent, not even once. Oh, that's really good. I know. That's you do a good Australian accent. So the fact that I didn't imitate it even once, be so proud. And I, <clears throat> so the first time, you know, I threw up on the street, <laughs> as one does. Right. Uh, he was super cool about it because he's like a cool, nice guy. And then um, we saw each other again and we were hanging out. And um, uh, we ordered in Thai food. He did, okay. he did not feel that his uh, Thai food was spicy enough. Uh, he had like a little bowl of spice on his counter, sort of chili flakes, chili powder sort of deal. Right. And with his fingers, yep, he, he sprinkled, he sprinkled it, on. it on. Some of you know where this is going. He sprinkled it on. Totally. And I will say he did wash his hands because he like did the dishes. Like he washed up, he washed his hands. But later we were watching that movie with Timothy Chalamet where he's a cannibal. Weird movie, by the way. Um, and... Um, <laughs> well <laughs> there was an incident um yeah and we understand and we know and hats off to you for the bravery and hats on to the men who haven't washed their hands thoroughly enough throughout the I course really of 2023 i really don't think it was like his life his or his fall like i think there was just like a flake like under his nail or something and it just sort of came out um sort of inside of well, me well let that be a lesson to and scrub your fingernails <laughs> i know I'll do the, and this thing. Girly pops. remember oh mm-hmm. you guys can't see me um but you know you're supposed to like scrub your nails <laughs> anyways i had a tough like vagina week or two and now i'm on my period and well, I think after all of that, all of that you have been through like a phoenix, she will rise <laughs> and <laughs> good things only to come. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think that I have been maybe, maybe it's a sign that I should just not be dating <laughs> right now because we keep having incidents, um, both throwing yeah, my, up my- and then like <laughs> vaginally. Yeah, well, my deal with Ellie is that I have to go on one date by June, I'm pretty sure. Yes. And I know that that sounds no, it, so doable. it sounds doable, like, but... I, <laughs> I know the concept of going on one date by June is something possible. However, I don't think it's going to happen. It will happen. I'm going to be realistic. It better you. happen. It has to happen. Well, we I'll need consequences. I just... 
to be honest, you guys, I don't care. Like, I really don't feel moved to go out with anybody. I don't know. And maybe I'm getting, like, maybe that's bad. Maybe I'm getting into a place that I <laughs> need to, like, also rise like a phoenix from. In many ways. But I just, like, yeah. I'm having no emotional problems. Like, I'm feeling totally fine. Mm-hmm, I'm like, mm-hmm. why would I mess with that? No, I don't know. I will say that, like, since reintroducing men into my life, like, remember, I had, like, a very, like, calm, chill time. And then... You did. And then I, you know, met someone who screwed my life up. And then, well, briefly, I'm fine. And um, and yeah. now I'm, like, stressed all the time about these men. Like, okay, like, mm-hmm. why am I a person who doesn't get a text back for three days? And now I'm like, well, he wants me to die. Like, that mm-hmm. does not it need to be happening. It so much anxiety. It really does. So much And for stress. what? And for what? Actually, I do kind of like And do I experience guy, that? I do you not. You don't. And I your do life is better that. for it. Like, your life is, is simply better for it. Like, yeah, you have to go through trials and tribulations in order to find love. If it was easy to find, then, you know, blah, 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 whatever. But which mm-hmm. one of us is probably happier right now? <laughs> Put it this way. Whose vagina is doing better? Ooh, <laughs> not mine. Mine is straight chilling. I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is cold out here, though, and that's something I'm dealing with. But other than that, that's about it. So Yeah, not a yeah. lot. Well, I think in future episodes, we'll probably talk a little bit about like pop culture, or, like <laughs> what's trending on Twitter. But we do have a fun filled episode for you today. You so should do. We might just go hop right on into, into that. Well, I was thinking it might be fun was if I pulled a tarot card for the week. <gasps> and we had like a tarot card of the week and like a little fortune <gasps> for the week and then get into I the episode. That. Okay. That's Yeah. I was going to bring that up. So to is you. this So is this a tarot card reading for like the two of us? It's for the community. It's for all of us. Oh, it's for everybody. It's okay, for the okay, late okay. night drivers. It's for mm-hmm. uh or I guess passengers. It's for everyone who just needs to know what what are we focusing on this week? What's something we should be keeping mm-hmm. in mind? What are the vibes? It's really sort of open to interpretation depending on what the cards tell me, but it's for all of us. So our card of the week, our tarot card of the week. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> right. Okay. So our card of the week, is judgment reversed. Now, judgment reversed essentially means we might be on the wrong path. <laughs> we, we might be ignoring things that are meant for us out in the universe. We might be ignoring Ooh. our own intuition. We might be ignoring, you know, the advice of, you know, our friends. The idea is like ignoring the call, but it's about judgment. Like you are, you do not have the right space, headspace right now of judgment. And so our challenge this week is to... Um, Try to listen to what we think the universe or our friends or our heart and soul and gut and whatever is telling Mm. us and try and follow that intuition. Uh, Okay, I love that. Well, you know what? Honestly, that's probably true of many people out there because how often are we correct in our judgment? Very rarely. Sort of very rarely. (laughs) It is. I think a lot of us are in a time place, especially in our lives, um, like our age where you get stuck a little bit in some routines Mm -hmm. and maybe you need to shake it up a little bit so you know shake it up shake it up oh my god we're gonna get sued (laughs) oh really my girl is litigious queen (laughs) okay well i just sang a song by (laughs) okay should we get into the episode 
Yes. Um, so I we're, I am going to talk about the history a little bit, and then Ellie is going to talk about the recent, I think, psychology and some philosophy and really, you know, some some poignant questions that we should be talking about. So if that sounds fun, fresh, fierce, fantastic, and fabulous to you, keep on listening. Late Night Drive with Ellie and Michaela is brought to you by BetterHelp. Um, so I love therapy. I have always been a huge advocate for therapy. I've been seeing my therapist for, gosh, going on six years now. So she's basically like a homie, less of a therapist, more of a pal. Just kidding. She actually is really, really good at her job. And I have benefited immensely from therapy. I literally feel... Like, I wouldn't be the woman that I am today if I didn't have therapy as a resource. I think it's so good to help you work through not only like your daily problems and, you know, your work issues or your friend issues, your relationship issues, but also like work through things that have been patterns in your life that maybe you've identified but don't really know how to fix or things like phobias, anxieties, things that you feel like you have a lack of control over. Therapy can be really helpful in making you feel like you do actually have control because you have more control than you think that you do. But I know that it is not easy for everybody to access therapy. And that's why I love today's sponsor, BetterHelp, because, uh, I mean, there are states in America even where... There's like two therapists that take insurance, you know, like it's really, really important to have access to mental health and not everybody does. And BetterHelp makes it super, super easy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give it a try. It is entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest, whatever it is, with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash LND today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LND. And just for a little disclaimer before I get into this, you know, there is a lot of like online stuff mocking vanilla sex or boring sex. And like, we're not doing this episode to say everyone out there should be trying BDSM if you don't have an interest in it. Don't do it. But if you do enjoy BDSM, good Good for for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So BDSM stands for bondage and discipline, dominance and submission, sadism and masochism or sadomasochism. The usage of BDSM was first coined by Paul Gibbard in 1963 in an essay titled in an essay titled Fetishism and Sadomasochism. Mm. Um, Even though this is like a recently recent Mm, hmm. Sorry. <laughs> it is recently recent. Like, and I'll give it that. <laughs> Even though this is a relatively recent <laughs> naming. The traces of BDSM can go back to as early as 3100 BC in ancient Mesopotamia. (gasps) This is an extremely significant time in history because it's when we get the first traces of writing systems in what is now modern-day Iraq. The cradle of civilization. Mesopotamia. That's what it's called, right? It was like the first, like... Isn't like... The Fertile Crescent the, as well. Yeah, because there was like a, a river or something and that's where all like the different societies popped up because they could. Mm, I haven't yeah. thought about Mesopotamia in a while. <laughs> but so first we're starting with the goddess Inanna. And Inanna was one of the like big seven deities 
deities deities doesn't matter whatever you prefer yeah whatever yeah. you prefer to say she was one of the original seven that actually the days of the week were based off of um she was later referred to ishtar and was the like influence for aphrodite so she was a big deal oh. but basically she was known to whip her subjects until they became aroused oh. she was the goddess of love fertility sensuality procreation and war um, so That's different really than Aphrodite. I know. So it's funny that they coupled war and, and like love. love and fertility into one. Yeah. So she was a really interesting goddess and I'm going to talk about her more, but she would adorn herself in jewels and whip her subjects until they were dancing in a sexual frenzy and would have intercourse. Um, oh. according to the world history encyclopedia, her temple at Uruk was the central cult center, was her central cult center. But throughout Mesopotamia, her temples and shrines were numerous and sacred prostitutes of both genders may have been employed to ensure the fertility of the earth and the continued prosperity of the communities. Her clergy were, were, were male, female, and a third, which one would define as transgender in the modern day. So she actually had like people in her cult that would castrate themselves and like change genders huh. because they were transgender. So it's actually like... BDSM has a long history with LGBTQ people, and that's, like, also the first instance of that. So the stories about Inanna doing that were then, like, done by her priestesses, who were sometimes prostitutes. So the priestesses would whip people in the temples. And, of course, then she's the goddess of fertility. It was sexy. So does it say anything in, like, the things that you read um, that, like, specifically tied, like, this is why the whipping was part of it like or the whipping was like somehow like integral to the sex part of it or were they at all separate um so we don't have like the most context totally, for totally. everything in mesopotamia like time ago. some of this but we do i will talk more about inanna in the bonus episode um flagellation was the name for like whipping or yeah flagellation was the name for the whipping in that time and i think it was just like kind of a dominance thing oh. like i don't really know why anyone enjoys whipping now so much as i don't <laughs> so know. that's categorized as masochism if you enjoy it yeah, masochism is when you enjoy it happening to you, mm -hmm. and sadism, sadism is when you enjoy doing it to other people. But Inanna has like a lot of different depictions depending on who's telling the story, because she was the patron god of Uruk, and then when other like different city states took control, they would change the stories to make their mm -hmm. like patron god the more like just figure in the story. But Inanna was like really popular. Like bitches loved <laughs> Inanna. Loved and Inanna. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. I think it's like part of just her character as well. Like she wasn't really a goddess of fertility or motherhood, like a lot of other goddess or she was a goddess of fertility, but, but she wasn't one motherhood. of like motherhood or even marriage, which a lot of other goddesses of fertility were. Mm. So she was kind of like slaying. Yeah, she was just life. hot and dangerous. <laughs> if you're one of us, she actually sort of roll later us. sent her lover. She later sent her lover to the underworld, which I will tell you about because he was being a little lame. Yeah. And who among so, us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we also see it in ancient Greece a little bit. But this we have even less context for because this is just based on these cave drawings where there's like or temple drawings where there's people engaging in sexuality with whips or like 
There was one of assumed to be Venus holding a whip. And since she's the goddess of love, they thought that that must be a sexual thing. But then it's like, we don't know if that was a slave. We don't know if that's someone right. who consented. We don't know like if that's just an act of brutality. So we see these traces of things, especially with whips, is probably the oldest that we can find. But again, we're lacking a lot of context. Where we start to get a lot more context is the Marquise de Sade. And he is the namesake for sadism. And he is an evil little man. Marquis like, de Sade. We do not like he's him. He's very well known. Monsieur Marquis de Sade. <laughs> he's a, he's a well known he? man. I didn't. I did not know that man. And then I started to learn about him and I wish I hadn't, but it is an interesting story. He was a French nobleman and a soldier in nine, or in 1740 to 1841. After getting married, the Marquis fathers three children and swiftly begins cheating on his wife with an actress. He invites many prostitutes to his house and subjects them to sexual abuses for which he is imprisoned imprisoned in, on orders of the king. He's released weeks later and, of course, immediately resumes his debauchery. Ugh, he goes fully <laughs> into debt in 1768. And then he has his first public scandal, the Rose Keller affair, whom he brutally tortured. When the woman happened to escape from him, she ran to the nearest people, showed them her wounds, and told her account of events. Details of all the times Marquise de Sade did terrible things are very graphic and horrifying so i'm really not going to go into them but just to like name the things he was found guilty of sodomy rape torturing imprisoning six children in his chateau poisoning five prostitutes with the aphrodisiac spanish fly and those are just like the things we know about because mm. he was also like obviously nobility his wife's family covered up for him a lot like he was constantly getting out of jail and like covering like I mean, what are the odds that there are no other servants that you abused if one of them escaped and told the story? You know what I Literally mean? Literally so true. So he's the namesake for sadism, Marquis de Sade sadism. Yeah, well, his wife remained devoted to him, but then he later ran off with his wife's sister <gasps> as an accomplice, <laughs> accomplice and mistress. Oh my god! He was running like city I know to that city because like, he would done just... worse things. I don't know why that made no, me gasp after like. <laughs> well, he was still an accomplished author at his time, and he's known for Justine and One Hundred Twenty Days of Sodom, which he wrote while imprisoned, and then he got out during the French Revolution again, or the French Revolution. And and acted like for the French Revolution, which sounds good, like that he was a speaker for the French Revolution. But really, and he stuff. just liked the but caring bear, aspect of it, right? But also, yeah. And bear in mind, at this time, he was poor now, and like <laughs> he's like he whatever. got out. <laughs> he got out of prison because of this, so he isn't previously mm, he wasn't, in control. He didn't have a revolutionary spirit, is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that the Marquis yeah. de Sade also, like, he was depicted at the time. This is just something random that I know. Like, he would be depicted in, like, cartoonery and stuff as literally the devil. Like, when people would write about him in the and newspaper. And that is really accurate. Yeah. His works, like, I cannot even begin to repeat them to you. And if <laughs> you are interested, definitely look it up. But bear in mind <laughs> that warning. it's very disgusting and like horrible and like so torturous and evil um well, what's interesting is there's like a there's a um there's like a medical diagnosis so originally they thought they they were classifying bdsm all of bdsm as a like uh disorder right like it was in the dsm-5 yeah, which was yeah. literally in 1993 like for a long time it was in 
like a psychological disorder, but really now it's, you know, BDSM as a, as it's like, as a thing, like it's not in there anymore, but there's sexual sadism disorder, um, which is yeah. where, I mean, and when you hear like descriptions of like the Marquis de Sade, it's like, oh, he probably like really was like fucked up, fucked up. He wasn't just like, I just like chains and whips excite me, right. Rihanna. Like, like a psychopath. No, like wanted, <laughs> yeah, probably like eight people. Yeah, so he was really bad. And then Napoleon Bonaparte put him back in jail, um, partially due to the graphic nature, but also likely because he had like atheist and sacrilegious oh. moments in his works, you know, How so like he? it wasn't totally that. <laughs> Um, his eldest son actually destroyed some of his works right after he died, so we don't have all of his stuff, thank goodness. And his works were banned in France until 1957, but in 2017, France declared his work a national treasure. Great. So he was Fucking not really cancelled <laughs> successfully. See, this is why like, they say cancel culture is not real. <laughs> I know, and literally one of the articles that I read was titled, like, The Marquis de Sade. Um, psychopath or misunderstood genius no. and I was like I swear a man wrote and that then I read it, <laughs> it was bad it, yeah it was yeah. and then I read an article like about one of his recent descendants who's like we are very proud of him like we removed his last name from our history for a while but we've recently adopted it back in because he was like this um like purveyor of complete freedom of speech and like whatever he, but no one who reads his stuff is like that was okay they're like very horrified <laughs> if they read his stuff oh well the french so are it's weird interesting. there yeah so it's interesting because his name is the namesake of sadism but if you were to ask someone like in the community now um, what sadism is, it's a lot more of a consensual practice that isn't really what we're seeing. Right. Sadism in original this context person. is not, um, I want to torture and kill people. Sort of. It's more, you know, there's a little excitement in yeah, <laughs> hurting people, but I'm not a monster who does that 24 seven. Yeah. Like, I don't think he had a safe word once in his life. No, there I don't was think not he consent was there. I'm feeling <laughs> you know yeah but shockingly like his wife did stick beside him and then his wife's sister which is so sad he was probably like very manipulative in like an intelligent yeah, way I'm sure but, yeah, he fucking he, was so the namesake for masochism is not as well known but he's a much better person oh hell yeah <laughs> which is kind of funny um this what's masochism i know it is well because masochism is liking when someone else inflicts pain onto you. So obviously it's less likely that you're going to be an evil person if you're like not wanting to do evil More to like others. Pathetic. Not pathetic. If you're into that, wow, you're like, get their ass. I'm shaming. I didn't mean it like that, but it's like, oh, maybe you should examine the reason why you enjoy being hurt. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So his name was Leopold von Soccer Mossack. You know, I'm totally not pronouncing this right, but he was German, so uh, say that in a German way. Mm -hmm. Okay, good for you. German. Um, spoiler alert, he also died in a mental asylum, just like the Marquis de Sade did. <gasps> um, he originally only had the surname of Soccer, but then... What? Soccer. 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 But um, his mom was from nobility and they didn't have any male descendants. So they added her last name to his last name. Mm -hmm. So otherwise we wouldn't have masochism. Um, so he had a famous work called The Venus of Furs. And I'm going to read you an excerpt Ooh. from it. <clears throat> I enter. She is standing in the center of the room, dressed in a gown of white satin, which floods down her body like light. Over it, she wears a scarlet kazabaika richly edged with ermine. Upon her powdered snowy hair is a little diadem of diamonds. 
Wanda, I run toward her and am about to throw my arm around to kiss her. She retreats a step, measuring me from top to bottom. Slave, mistress. I kneel down and kiss the hem of her garment. Oh, okay. So he himself... <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah. So he himself had signed a contract with his own mistress, Baroness Fanny Pister, making him her slave for the period of six months. Sorry. And his book was likely... Hardly know her. (laughs) His book was likely based on that actual relationship, and the contract concept is something we see today. So his version of events is a lot more of... um, a contemporary version where you sign a contract and like you have a dom and submissive and they both have agreed to participate in the act. Um, So he was a little bit better, but he actually didn't want his namesake to be used for this word. He was really like against it at first. He wanted to be known for his political ideas and he fought against anti-Semitism. He wrote works about life in um, life as a Jewish person and was one of the first people to do that. Um, but a lot of people didn't like him at the time, maybe because probably because of he his was works. Jewish. Yeah, probably because of that. <laughs> maybe the sexual stuff a little bit, but also because of that. Um, but yeah, so in 1885, the German psychologist Richard von Kraft Ebbing coined the oh, term Kraft sadism Ebbing. and masochism, basically just based on said ism and masochism and that's where we get sadism and masochism the s and m damn then we get to yeah i know isn't it crazy how they're based on people's names like wow just people writing about their (laughs) enjoyments and getting in the history books always funny to me like when you think about the past and you're like oh those people didn't fuck and then it's like oh no they yeah. fucked and they wrote about they it fucked. in great detail. And no one was going to stop them. No one was going to stop yeah. them. <laughs> well, and both of them had works be banned from different periods of times for different reasons. And like now, obviously, are more recently su- are accessible. But honestly, not many people have heard of Massoc. Like, no, that's I've really never heard not... of them. Yeah, so... That's that. But then we get to Freud. And as you all know, <laughs> Freud loved talking about sex. He oh, was really, Freud. he really felt that was like part of everything. He analyzed sadomasochism as part of a number of disorders, as you were mentioning earlier, mm-hmm. like the DSM-5, arising from the repression of the subconscious, which he thought most things were the repression of the subconscious. Um, he describes masochism as a perversion common in women and sadism as a perversion common in men. Well. Uh, <laughs> I will say that in my research, I did find that men were, I have this somewhere, but I think it's like twice as likely um, to be into sadism than women are. Yeah. And I would say like if I talked to most of my girlfriends, they'd be more interested in being a submissive as well. And interestingly, I found a lot of um, psychologists talk about that as being a potential way to recreate an instance in your life that has been painful but with a happy ending or with like so if you've been whipped or spanked as a child Freud would just believe that that's why you are then interested in sadism and masochism because it was part of your development like the oral and phallic stages and then other psychologists would believe like no, you just had a bad experience and then doing this in a controlled environment makes you take back the power of it and have a happy ending that you can control and kind of like rewrite that history Mm -hmm. for you. Although I do want to point Um, out that later in life, this has been sort of disproven um, in the sense that like people who have had like 
uh, a trauma or whatever are not any more likely than people who have not experienced that to be into BDSM. I just wanted to say that. Yeah, totally. This is in the 1900s. This is uh, Freud, and he's just... But keep in mind that Freud was wrong about a lot of things. He's a weird guy. Yeah. He was very wrong about a lot of things. At the same time, he is a little bit useful in the sense of opening up the conversation about sex, which wasn't really happening at the time, and kind of making the way for those conversations to then be improved upon. And like, yeah. So honestly, yeah, like you were saying, studies have found that they're well there might there be might cases be, of that happening it's not generally the case like so many children have been spanked and that's not going to cause them <laughs> to like then be interested in spanking um it's just obviously something that's appeared all over history and then people i guess human to- beings just like it for whatever reason yeah. People really do. But yeah, so BDSM has also been like a big part of the gay community. Um, there's like leather clubs and SM clubs. It's generally assumed that the leather culture got its start in the 1940s as an offshoot to post-World War II motorcycle clubs. Um, gays had flocked in droves to large cities following blue discharges from the army, which was a way of removing homosexuals from service. Mm. So because of that, a lot of them were in cities like Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Chicago. And eventually, London also became a scene of leather bars. And, you know, there's differing opinions on why, like, Leather bars are such a big part of gay culture. And obviously we see the discourse today and like kink at pride Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But a large part is like it started and then it was a place that these people could actually go in real life because there weren't online communities or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And then it just, you know, communities span from that. Like it's not because gay people are just born with an interest in leather (laughs) or like something. Actually, um, I think gay people are born thinking I must wear leather. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was really into leather as a child. Were you really? Uh, actually, I've always thought leather is really cool. Maybe so is it. <laughs> maybe gays are born into leather. You know, as Lady Gaga said, perhaps you were born that way. And then the last thing is fashion. We also saw BDSM gear become a big part of fashion for the punk scene mm-hmm. and then eventually the goth scene. And that actually came from what's her face? Who's the woman who just died? I wrote this down. Oh, Vivian Westwood. <laughs> yeah, it came from Vivian Westwood on the streets of London. Like, punk music came from America, but the look came from London. And she actually had a shop called SEX in all caps, in big pink puffy letters. Vivian. And they had, like... I know, she was crazy. Well, she eventually... Not crazy, but she was wild. She was, she wild. was out there. So there were, like, chains, bondage chow- trousers, safety pins, chokers, piercings, you know, the green mohawk, stuff like that. Um, but she eventually, after a few years, even though she created this style, said, I got tired of looking at clothes from this point of view of rebellion. I found mm. it exhausting. After a while, I wasn't sure if I was right. I'm sure that if there is such a thing as the anti-establishment, it feeds the establishment. So she was really going off. <laughs> she kind of went off there. It's I like know, a, I feel like that applies to no, so many things. At what point does counterculture just become culture? I mean, who didn't wear a choker in 2018 to the bars? <laughs> right, and I think that's a big part of what we're going to be talking about philosophically of like, it, you know, at what point does doing things that aren't vanilla sex as a woman like just not feed be into about... like male fantasy? And what point is it? Right. Is there agency <laughs> there? It's. I think it's fascinating. I don't have the answers, but I think we should talk about it. Exactly. So that's a brief, um, a brief, brief summary on the history of BDSM. Uh, if you go to our Patreon, I'm going to be uploading my notes to there. So there's like a better consolidated 
place. And also, hopefully, we'll be able to put the sources in our description because I have over like 20 sources. God, queen. (laughs) Oh, my God. You wrote a research paper. (laughs) I know. Well, yeah. And then if you wanted to look more into like the queer theory of BDSM, Gail Rubin is like a good person to look into as well. I just think it's really interesting that like throughout time, this has just kind of been a constant. But it's kind of the same as but and yet it's always been treated as this sort of like counterculture underground. No one's doing that like fuck you you're a freak whatever but it's I I find it also similar to the way that people today even talk about transgender people or gay people where they're like well it didn't used to be like that it's like no 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 like yes it's always been around there have always been transgender people there have always been gay people and there have always been people who are into BDSM and there have always been like women in power even like even in the time of Inanna in Mesopotamia like goddesses had more power as deities and then later on when certain kings took power that didn't have those views they got rid of female deities in favor mm-hmm. of male ones like the original goddess Ooh, of the underworld a was a woman happened in a lot of yeah. religions that like yeah, they would totally. take out the female part because they were like mm, that's evil because women are evil yeah, absolutely <laughs> i think whenever i look at history i'm always like surprised to find similar themes like them doing the same things that we do but then i'm like well of course they do but it's still surprising. No, i know but it's me. because like we always want to have so much we're, there's an emphasis on distancing ourselves from the past I feel like when, uh, when we learn about history because it's like but they were so different back then and we know better now and we would never do that because we don't want to think of ourselves as so sorry there's a billion sirens going on in the background but we don't want to think of ourselves oh, as like it. fallible we don't want to think of ourselves as perhaps making the wrong choices we don't want to think of ourselves as being um on the wrong side of things, you know? So, like, we like to distance yeah. the past and say, like, they're so different from us, but they're not. And, like, I keep watching these TikToks. This is so unrelated, but you even sent one today. <laughs> I keep watching these TikToks where it's, like, things that you're doing and then, like, a person from olden times comes up and is like, what are you doing? You're like, oh, I'm I'm brushing my hair. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, you have to start from the bottom. And it's like, girlies, we've been <laughs> doing this, you know? And that just like makes I know, me emotional. I think it's so nice. It is nice. I think it's beautiful to think about. I think it's beautiful thinking about people having freaky sex since, you know, Mesopotamia. Totally. Totally. Well, let's get into your to your research. Absolutely. Let us get into that after a real quick break. Okay, I'm so excited. <laughs> I am excited. I feel like I'm um, teaching a, like a class right now, and like I know I'm really excited. I'm like, no, tell me, like you know, like you would make everyone sit in a circle and do your discussion, um, and everyone mm-hmm. hated it except like we're both excited to talk about it, so it's fun. <laughs> More people should have conversations that are planned um, about topics that they've researched with their friends. I'll say it. They should. <laughs> it's very fun. Honestly, it's been fun, like, even just texting you over the last couple of weeks, being like, ooh, this little thing just came to... <laughs> yeah. Sending you like, oh, my God, look at this tweet that I just saw that it reminded me of what we're talking about. Okay, let's talk about some of the cultural implications, some of the societal philosophical implications of BDSM. Mm-hmm. And also, I want to say from the very start, I support whatever you want to do in the bedroom. I really do. Even if I accidentally <laughs> kink shame, I don't mean to. I really don't care what people do. I just... some. I think it's okay to kink shame a little bit. <laughs> I'm not saying most things 
you you should kink shame but some things i will kink shame Some things like i but most i took the bdsm test um yeah did you ever end up taking that well i took it a while ago and i just know that mine were so low on most <laughs> things like i am more likely to be interested in submission mm-hmm, or like mm-hmm. i don't know like i think when i was looking into it pretty much everyone has done bondage to some extent like they don't even count it in the numbers for who's done bdsm if you've just done like spanking or like handcuffs or like been tied up a little bit like that stuff just is m- so normal mm-hmm. um so yeah not really it wasn't crazy. really interesting for you to look at well what i really hated when doing the test <laughs> was the fucking questions about age play that is one oh, thing i'm so sorry if you're into that you're just kink shaming. Like, i'm kink shaming you it was like, do you like it when your partner dresses like a little kid and does kid activities like coloring books and playgrounds? Are you trying to catch a predator? Why are you asking that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's also become so much worse, too, in like the recent years of social media. I've been seeing like TikTok accounts where a lot of people play into that. And it's so uncomfortable to look at how many likes they have uh. and like how many people like that. Like, I know. To us, it doesn't sound like many people would be into that, but many are, unfortunately. And that is horrifying. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm kink shaming. That one I don't feel Do bad kink shaming about. Anyways, um, BDSM is interesting because there's kind of a negative societal perception around it. Like, uh, whether or not mm-hmm. you acknowledge it, like we have a cultural bias of like thinking people who are really into BDSM might be like kind of weird or like there's something like, you know, negative about it, even though Americans, there was a 2005 survey that basically found that Americans are way more into BDSM than the rest of the world. Like 34% of Americans Ooh. have tried it in some way or another. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I, I honestly think that it's, because we have this weirdly puritanical society. Like America is so much more puritanical than we think that it is because obviously like, yeah, it's America, you know, land of the free. Mm -hmm. But like we really don't like to talk about sex. We really don't like to talk about um, things that we think should be private. Um, And when we do talk about sex, the expectation is not only that it's private, but also, you know, we're talking about sex between a man and a woman who are married, you know, who do that in the privacy of their home and do it to conceive children. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, we're like, ooh, Cosmo articles, how to have spicier sex and all that. But like... Right. Except on Twitter, where everyone (laughs) is talking about sex. But, you know, the... the, (laughs) Um, And also, I think because of its um, association with LGBTQ culture, like I think there's a further Mm -hmm. othering of it where people are like, you know, it's a weird thing. It's not. But but so many more people do it than you think would. So here's my question. If BDSM has this slightly negative connotation um, in American society, why is it so prevalent that we make fun of people who like vanilla sex? Why is every Cosmo article how to spice up mm-hmm. your sex life. Are you doing it wrong? Are you boring in the bedroom? Um, a, a, you know, yeah. what's that about? It's almost like what whenever you talk about sex, whether it be vanilla or it be on the other side, you're going to get shamed about it from someone. So true. Instead of like different strokes for different <laughs> folks. <laughs> and Ellie and I did experience we that. literally got so <laughs> shamed but not even for like being vanilla, by the way, for just like not liking something gross. 
Yeah, so we have both um, a spit phobia. <laughs> like I, like I have never been able to share drinks with someone. Like if I'm drinking from a water bottle and someone's like, "Can I have a sip?" It like breaks my heart because I'm not gonna be able to drink from that water bottle again. Like I really don't like spit. Anyway, so we tweeted about how we don't want anyone to spit in our mouth because that was like a thing on Twitter for some reason. Everyone would be like, "Yeah, it choker was big that and year. spit in her mouth," and we'd be like, "Ah." <laughs> Like, I don't want to ever do and that. Someone, someone who is mutuals with both of us, like two hours later, tweets, some of you bitches are so boring if you don't want someone to spit in your mouth. And Ellie and I were just like, ah. Because first of all, we were like, we know you. And we just tweeted <laughs> that. So fuck you. But also, oh, I'm sorry. We're boring because we don't want do someone to take their bodily fluid and spit it into our mouths. Yeah, and also whenever a girl is talking about how she is going to say no to something sexual, do not shame that girl for being like having boundaries, having boundaries. Yeah, I think that girls don't say no enough nearly. (laughs) And like, (laughs) as a (laughs) yeah, so that was fun for us. And you know what? If you don't like spit, join our join our join our cause anti spit um, sort of society. But I do think it's interesting that there is like a shame Mm -hmm. around I don't know, like, why are we afraid to say, like, I like missionary sex? Why does mm-hmm. that feel embarrassing? Why will people be like, never going to be me, bitch. Uh, I'll be 10 ways to freaky Friday. And it's like, OK, OK. <laughs> like, why is it like a competition? Yeah. Like, why does that continually happen? Like, is it a pick me thing? Like, is it like, a, um, well, your man's going to leave you or like, is it a symptom of something gr- like larger than that? I almost think like both of them exist as a response to the other, like Mm. because both are persisting, there's like this sense of um, um, insecurity or like wanting to fight back or like prove your side, just like, you know, how the trad wives are becoming big on TikTok. They're like trying to fight back and be like, no, actually, it's better to be at home and like be just cooking for your man and making him so happy. Mm. I don't know. I feel like everyone's like a little bit insecure about sex. We are. And it makes us more on the defense. And part of it is because we just don't talk about it as openly as we should. And like, Mm -hmm. obviously, we do speak about it openly, but like not in like a not in a way that's comforting like not in a way that makes anyone feel good like i'll bring up cosmo again like there there is like conclusive proof that if like your relationship is failing and you stop like if you stop having sex with your partner and your relationship is like rocky or whatever you didn't Mm -hmm. your relationship didn't become rocky because you stopped having sex you stopped having sex because the emotional intimacy like the relationship was getting rocky so how to spice up your sex life like it's blaming the wrong thing like you're blaming yourself for doing something wrong when it's not sex you're not doing sex wrong in fact like Mm -hmm. you're if you're having like intimate quote-unquote vanilla sex and you guys like that you don't need to add anything to it and that's not going to help if you need to be talking so like it just drives me crazy like you're not doing sex wrong (laughs) like (laughs) what you like yeah that's enough you're you're fine And I think most of us, as in all things, exist somewhere in the middle where it's like we tend to like more vanilla sex, Mm -hmm. but then the more we trust a person, Mm -hmm. we'll experiment with other things. And like that can vary in levels of extremity because obviously there's some levels of BDSM that are way more like serious that most people will never get into. 
Yeah. I'll, I'll just say that I'm a little baby and I'll cry. <laughs> I will. Don't call me a disgusting bitch. Well, yeah. now. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's it has just me. its merits, but it's, listen, to each their own. Totally, totally. But that's the point. But exactly. Like, like everyone has varying degrees. We're all different, and that's okay. And don't make fun of people for liking what they like is the moral of that story. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting. Unless it's age play. Unless it's age play, and then you can be really mean to them because <laughs> you should be mean to them. Those people should or be shamed. Or the diaper thing. You know those like old men who want to be in a diaper? <laughs> I, do, I don't know. Um, and I wish I didn't. <laughs> and now I do. And I'm really upset about it. Okay. Well, one of the questions on the BDSM test was literally, I would be interested in having my partner use me like a urinal. Stop! <laughs> I would and, not. And there, <laughs> and there is another line for me. I'm going to point out another line for me has been mentioned. Is 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 piss? Yeah. I think. Stop. If I was like in the shower, okay, and there was an easy way to get it off me immediately, maybe if I was in love and married and had like two kids. But are you answering that as like you would if they wanted oh, if to? They wanted or you to. Would want I don't to. want to. Okay. But if they were like, okay, babe, I've always yeah, wanted to try different. this, and we were married, it's like how I'm saving anal for marriage. Oh God, okay. I don't mm-hmm. want to do it for me, but like I would do it if I was married. It's a different situation because it's trust. It's a level of trust. Yeah, I mean, I think that's an interesting question, though, because also it's like if they're into that, they might have too much of an interest in it to be compatible with someone who isn't into it at all you know I what i mean if they just point. have like a brief interest that they just want to try it one time i think that's different than like them revealing to you one day like this is really important to me if, if i'm not pissing i'm not coming uh i'm so sorry <laughs> what a horrible sentence <sighs> not to kink sh- actually yes to kink shame i'm kink shaming <laughs> Okay, but let's move on from that and get to the thing that's got some meat. I think it's got some meat to it, and I really want to talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about the meat. Let's talk about the meat. Right, so let me pull up the quote so I just have it ready to fuck. Oh, not ready to fuck, ready to go. (laughs) Freud, are you with us? (laughs) All right, so. Okay, non-heterosexual people, women in particular, are the most likely to engage in BDSM, um, with bisexual women being the most likely. Um, But what I want to talk about a little bit is heterosexual women and BDSM. Like, if you as a cisgender woman are having sex with men and you're doing BDSM, um, I don't know how to phrase it. Like, I wrote this in a way that I think sounds like victim blaming. I don't mean it like this. I just don't know how to phrase it. So maybe if I'll say it and then will you help me rephrase it sort of? Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're basically reenacting, like when you're doing that, you're basically reenacting current social norms of violence and domination by men against women, which is like how society is already in a way that it's like, yeah. in a way it's almost like vanilla to be doing that because you're just like mirroring what society is already doing. But um, I always think it's good to look at mm-hmm. why we do what we do, why we're into what we're into. Um, like sexually sadistic interests, to be clear, not the disorder, 
although that too, but sexually sadistic interests are found in approximately twice the rate of men versus women. And I think that's worth talking about. Like sadism is finding sexual pleasure and causing your partner pain. Like why is that so common in men? And then I wanted to read this Margaret Atwood quote and then we'll sort of talk about this as a whole if wants the sort of idea or totally. sort of taken shape so she says male fantasies i'm sure you've heard this male fantasies male fantasies is everything run by male fantasies up on a pedestal or down on your knees it's all a male fantasy that you're strong enough to take what they dish out or else too weak to do anything about it even pretending you aren't catering to male fantasies is a male fantasy pretending you're unseen pretending you have a life of your own that you can wash your feet and comb your hair unconscious of the ever-present watcher peering through the keyhole peering through the keyhole in your own head if nowhere else you are a woman with a man inside watching a woman you are your own voyeur wow the first time i read that i literally was like i'm gonna kill myself (laughs) but i mean i think that really speaks to like we don't live in a vacuum where like the things that we think we're taking back our power from fully come from our own mind Mm. like if we lived outside of a society with any like cultural norms just like in a forest we wouldn't be wearing high heels or like putting on makeup or like Mm. I mean we maybe would be putting on some makeup but there's like a lot of performance things that do empower us in our current society but that are shaped because the way society around us and it's a patriarchal society like those things were created by men so it is hard to like sometimes look at things fully free of a male perspective right and when i think about like um bdsm heterosexual women having bdsm sex it's like does it feel power like do do i feel powerful because i'm choosing to let a man be violent towards me do i feel powerful Mm -hmm. because i'm choosing to let a man degrade me instead of having it happen organically as it does or is Mm -hmm. that a is that a delusion that i'm deluding myself that there's that meta there when like really the power there is no power in me doing that because i'm giving the power to somebody who already has the power and in a way i've given no power because i never had it that did that make right. any sense? Um, no, it does make sense. Yeah, no, I think that's really interesting. Um, I don't know. It's like also a lot of the time women's sexual, mm. like what gets women feeling sexually turned on is from seeing the man be so turned yeah. on. Like that's how compet is such a big thing is because like seeing someone else be so excited and want you so much can be the drive of a lot of your sexual behavior. So while you might be getting off from it, it might not be because it's deriving from your specific wants. It's because he's so excited and because... <laughs> That's what he wants to do so badly. And then I also think he's not thinking of it from the perspective of she's reclaiming her power by allowing this. He's thinking of it from the perspective of, cool, (laughs) I get to hit (laughs) this woman for free. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I'm that sort of vilifies men in a way that I I don't mean to. But like, you have to think that like with the amount of the, but the way that twice as many men are into like, the the pain aspect like harming like hurting a partner mm-hmm. in, in in the interest of you know sexual satisfaction like I think it's worth asking why that is like I think it also goes back to these like generations of men who had that power and literally owned women as property mm-hmm. that men in today's world don't have that same power but like deep 
within it's supposed to be a part of their nature and a part of like their god-given place in this world Mm -hmm. like because it just was a part of it for so long and maybe that's like not necessarily what they would think that they want but like something about it while it's happening gives them that sense of like oh i'm finally at my full male potential of dominance over a woman well yeah i think a lot of men feel like they've lost power if that makes sense uh even though they really haven't but i think there's a a lot of that feeling right now in society where like men are feeling that way some men are feeling that way um and then they're like shooting up schools and stuff like that's we don't have to talk about that today but i think it's (laughs) but i think there's a connection to this feeling of like them needing to feel that kind of power and needing to feel like they're in control of a woman and and be able to hurt her be able to say what they want to her you know so yeah, it just and maybe makes they me don't. feel weird. Like, I think everyone should obviously be able to do whatever they want. If it feels empowering to you, mm-hmm. then it is empowering, I I guess, right? Like, Yeah, like, if you're 100% sure that it's empowering to you, and, like, you've really interrogated that, and, like, your sex life is generally, genuinely making you a happier person. Yes. Because there are a lot of people... Who genuinely like, love it. The, yeah, but there's also a lot of people like the Finnum community, especially mm-hmm. who you'll see these posts about how it's ruining their life, but they like have kind of an addiction to it or like can't stop. Like there are, you know, like addictions mm-hmm. within sexual communities that aren't necessarily fulfilling or there's just like dynamics in a yeah. relationship where people are doing things that don't necessarily make them happy, but they kind of have to make themselves feel that, like it does. You sent that Reddit post. Um of the girl being like, well, I'm in this sub-dom relationship and he doesn't let me say no or something like that. Oh, that one, yeah. yeah. And then everyone in the comments was like, that's not right. That's not what it's supposed to be. Right. So I just, I the, my only concern is like, I feel like the line is so thin for mm-hmm. like cis women having sex with men. <laughs> like the line is so thin between this is a situation that I'm in control of and this is a scary situation <laughs> where I might die. Yeah. And like, that's worth thinking about. Like, I would never tell anyone, don't do this, do this, whatever. It's your sex life. But I think it's worth thinking about, like, am I doing this because I really want to be doing it or am I doing it because I think I should be doing it? Yeah, especially if you're a younger woman. I think, mm. like, even myself as a younger woman and anyone I knows kind of feels like at this point you have to be into certain things. Yeah. Or else you are a very boring person or like you're not feminist even or, you know, a number of things like there's just a lot of shame about stuff. And when you're a teenager or college age, that can be really bad. So just really make sure that things you're doing are things you really want to be doing. Right, right. Like enthusiastic consent, not just consent, Mm -hmm. enthusiastic consent. If it is not a hell yeah, then it's a no. That's how it should always be. So I think it's always worth interrogating, like, particularly with sex. I mean, it's it's so, <clears throat> listen, I understand that we, we are in this, like, I guess, like, hookup culture. Like, we're in a place where, like, women have sexual liberation, and, and that's really great. But, like, I also feel like I let that, I let myself not care about sex to a point where, like, it ended up kind of hurting me because yeah it is really it's an in, it's an intimate thing somebody is you know yeah. theoretically entering you it it is intimate it's really it's intense and it's intimate and honestly like you should 
take it seriously. Take what you want yeah. seriously. I think a lot of women of our generation would definitely have feelings similar at some point in their life, if not like for a large portion of their life, where at this moment they feel like a part of the feminist movement is being really free about sex and like yeah. really just like whether that be kink or just multiple hookups or whenever, like, but then they realized later on that actually wasn't bringing me joy or fulfillment. It was kind of making me feel shitty, but it's hard to get to that place because you're told it shouldn't. Right. Well, it's also like it's choice feminism, right? It's this idea that any choice a woman makes is inherently feminist because she's a woman and she's making it. And that's like a very Mm -hmm. flawed argument, but that's the way a lot of people see. A lot of, especially young women look at feminism. It's like kind of a very reduction. It's, view but it's like where a lot of people kind of start um for example like okay is it feminist to get plastic surgery well it's a woman making that choice for her and her body so it is feminist okay that's one way of looking at it also let's look at Mm -hmm. society like this society are you being part of this patriarchal society are you harming people you know because of beauty sense whatever like there's all this other shit to consider it's not just like a choice that you're making is inherently feminist because you're a feminist or you're a woman or whatever so you choosing to be you saying okay i guess i'm just gonna be like super sexual and whatever because that's what everyone seems to be doing it's not necessarily the feminist choice for you it's not necessarily the thing that's gonna make you feel empowered yeah i think both of us went through phases of that (laughs) No, that made so much sense. I think both of us went through phases of that throughout our friendship where we started in a place of like, oh, yeah, this is what being feminist means. Like, we're in college. We're having so much fun. And then (laughs) being like, I am so miserable all the time. I'm just so depressed. I hate my life. I am completely (laughs) unable to have intimate relationships. But, you know, like, honestly, that's all to say, of course, like, the opposite still exists. And, of Mm -hmm. course, women are still shamed for having sex in some communities. And, like, some women really do enjoy that. But I think it's important to, like, mention both sides just because I do know personally so many women feel like they have to be hypersexual or, like, not have these views of their body. I mean, it's even, like, when someone will dm me usually a man will probably every time it's been a man being like it's anti-feminist that you don't have an only hey kill yourself sorry (laughs) that pisses me off so much uh and it's it's not the statement you think you're making (laughs) yeah it's just that there are levels for every person. Everyone has their individual needs and wants, and it's important to interrogate those and not just listen to what you think you should want or people are telling you to want. Um, yeah. You know, if you you want to get tied up in a bunch of ropes and gagged, fucking hell yeah. But make sure it's because you mm-hmm. want to do that and not because you think, I want to be seen as a cool girl who likes cool yeah. sex, you know? Mm-hmm. And even the most progressive girly pop out there can fall into that. I have seen you it. have seen it. <laughs> I have lived it. <laughs> Turns out, though, I do actually kind of like being tied up. I'll say that for free. <laughs> no, I think like I think for me, I have so many less like 
things that bother me when I'm in a committed relationship mm-hmm. with someone that like I know loves me and I love them. Yeah. And there are things that I would be willing to partake in for funsies that aren't a part of my normal everyday sexual interaction with them. Like every time. That's you know? more of like an experimental venture. And you know, also there are like people who have fantasies that are just fantasies that aren't a part of like their they don't want to actually personality do it. Yeah. every day or like yeah there's just like different you know people out there so that's not to say any man or woman who is interested into these things has you know bad intentions no oh my god <laughs> no anyways i'm sure it's fucking a lot less complicated to figure it out as you get older You know, I've already found it's easier Mm -hmm. for me to figure out if I want to do something or if I just think I'm supposed to be doing something. Um, Not to say I don't still sometimes do things because I think I'm supposed to do them. But like, it's easier for me to know like, no, I actually am interested in trying this. Or yeah, that is something I want to do or I'm willing to do or I'm interested in doing, you know? Yeah, I'm so happy saying no now. Like the last person I was physically going out with, I said no so many times every t- like not in a way where he was pushing it kind of thing, but it would just be like <laughs> all the time things would be starting to go to the next level. I'd be like, "No. As you fucking nope, should. We're not doing queen. that. We're not doing that." And it made me so happy. Like it's such a basic thing, but it just like feels so much better to wake oh, up the next does. morning and have literally not a single regret. It's Cause like I didn't want to do that. It was not a hell yes. Mm-hmm. My problem is I'm very easily convinced. I'm gonna cut that out, but it is true. <laughs> if you're just like okay, and then like we start making out again, and then you sort of go for it again, I'll be like ah, <laughs> like whatever, because <laughs> I have no real hard feelings about it either that way that was me in college <laughs> that was me in college except it was because i thought that um everyone would hate or like he would hate me and like throw me out if i didn't now it's just like i want to no, that's a good point <laughs> and i will say like again even though we have said this multiple times we are not claiming to like know everything Mm-mm. or be experts or have God, no. found the answers <laughs> to these questions 0%. we <laughs> <laughs> we're just having a little chit chat having a little talk having our little musings and also if you have any like experiences or conclusions drawn from this you can totally send us um a submission or a dm that we could read on the next episode absolutely because at the end of the day i'd be interested to hear it's a late night drive we're driving with our besties and sometimes you just talk about stuff without any kind of conclusion being reached and that's sort of what i wanted to to do because this stuff is really interesting to me but I can't get like my full head around it and I'm not sure that I I'm not sure that there is like an answer I'm not sure that there is like Mm -hmm. I think sometimes like you don't there isn't an answer it's just like there's a lot to consider and it's worth thinking about just because it's fun to think about stuff sometimes that's what philosophy is all about (laughs) and we like briefly touched on honestly a few topics that are more complicated like of course the history with lgbt Mm -hmm. people and even like fashion or like roman civilizations like there's a lot more that you could look into it and like there's more to be said but of course we are just doing one episode encapsulating a whole concept we're just chit-chatting we're doing so much like pre-apologizing because we're afraid someone's gonna be like i'm actually you didn't encapsulate perfectly the experience that i personally had Did you hear I that? Know. Well, what happened? Did you hear? Sorry, no, I didn't hear I it. I bet you guys can hear it. It's thunder outside. Oh, shit. Spooky. Well, yeah. <laughs> 
I don't know. I always feel like I have to be like, by the way, I don't think I'm right about everything. And I'm just musing a little bit nah, because I know. just. <laughs> We're musing. We're just silly girls being silly and goofy and talking about BDSM. <laughs> well, I do want to once again shout out our Patreon because yeah. the episode that we have coming out, well, probably less than a week or around a week from when you're hearing this, is going to be about Greek and Mesopotamian gods. And, here's the and thing. that is going to be so I want us so to like fun. pick up a patron god and goddess, etc., and start worshiping mm-hmm. them sort of as a group. Um, totally. So that's like a really important thing to me that we Should- start worshiping. Uh, God is Should we present our cases for the different gods that could potentially be fun to worship? Yes. Okay. I think that we should. And I love that. And I do love that. So that is patreon.com slash late night drive pod. And I think besties, unless you have anything else you wanted to talk about, I think that uh, that's all we got today. Uh, Michaela, where can we find you? Oh my God, you can find me so many places that I haven't been banned from. I am on Twitter, Michaela Okla. I am on Instagram, Michaela Oakland. I'm on TikTok-ish. Not really though, but I try. You try. <laughs> and uh, if you like me, you are free to follow me on Twitter at holy underscore schnitt and Instagram at Ellie underscore schnitt. Uh, I'm on, I am on TikTok uh, at Ellie Schnitt. Good for you. Get that grind. Just, it, I never post. And um, Twitch, you can follow. I stream on Twitch. Um... Usually about three times a week. It should be four, but it's usually three. Um, that's twitch.tv slash Ellie Schnitt. And we just have a good grand old time. And if you want like more relationship advice type things, I do that pretty much every time. Um, more individualized advice. So if you want to come hang out there, that's a good spot to do it. Also, we have an Instagram, Late Night Drive Pod. Feel free to follow that for fun uh, and fun totally i think we're <laughs> going to be posting a lot more on the instagram and really interacting specifically about the podcast topics on there mm-hmm. um, well, you can so also join you... my discord if you want to the link is on my totally. instagram profile <laughs> life of their own oh and just to like describe our patreon a little bit more since this is our first episode oh, yeah. um if you go on there the episodes will be ad free so Ooh. if you have been listening to this episode and been like "Ooh, i wish that wasn't interrupted because i was having such a good time then you could just go to patreon and you get ad free versions and so we're true. also going to do specialized advice columns on there mm-hmm. oh and we have to shout out our birthday pigs we have birthday pigs birthday pigs oh it's flower turtle and katie so thank you to our birthday pigs flower turtle and katie really supporting us we love you so much we love you very very much but by the way guys we love each and every one of you so 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 much that's not even a question you already know that you are the light of my life you're the light of our lives we would not be here without Mm you um we appreciate you very much and if you wanted to you know oh i was gonna do a song of the week because gracie abrams new album came out and I think that you should all listen to it. Oh, was it on your candle thing? It sure last fucking night? was. I think you had a. Sure fucking was. Nice. Gracie Abrams' new album is called Gr- Good Riddance, and I like every song on it. But listen to "I Should Hate You." <clears throat> I should hate you. It's uh, written from my diary. Apparently, I don't know how she did that, but she did. Um, and yeah, as always, my sweet, dear, darling, bestie, poo friends. Um, I love you so 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 mm-hmm. much. And as always, have a good love you guys. Have a good day and have a good night wherever you are, whatever you're doing. I hope it's a great one. We will catch you on the next drive. Would you like to sing us out? Thank you for coming to Late Night Drive. We hope you enjoyed the drive. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.
Late Night Drive with Ellie and Michaela is brought to you by BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. <laughs> Visit BetterHelp.com slash LND today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-N-D.